Hello, I'm Sean Gilligan and welcome to the Learning Summit podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss Learning Solutions 2023 in Orlando, Florida. Well, this time in Orlando, Florida, I wasn't affected by the travel disruption that I experienced last time with Storm Nicole. And there were some fantastic keynote speeches from Mike Massimo, who is an astronaut, former astronaut, talking about his learning journey and some of the skills that he had to endure going into space. There's also Kate the Chemist on how she inspires children uh, to learn science and to get into STEM subjects. And Steve Burns, who's a children's entertainer and TV showbiz uh, actor, on how to deliver and engage with people when delivering through a screen. I arrived at Rose and Shingles Creek early on Wednesday morning in Orlando, Florida, for a first morning bus session on leading successful online meetings with Marjan Brojesco. Marjan talked through some of the best practice when it comes to online meetings, and it seems sort of obvious, but you should start your meetings on time, even if people are late. And there's all sorts of other best practice that I'd like to share. There should also always be reasons for the meeting, including an agenda and roles and asking for prep work in advance uh, before starting a meeting. Generally speaking, there's only two reasons to host an online meeting. One is to learn something or it's to solve a problem. And that's why you need to bring people together. So it's either informational or it's for solving. And there are all sorts of etiquette issues when it comes to online meetings. So, for example, what if half the invites don't respond to the meeting invite? If you're hosting a smaller meeting with up to 15 people, from an etiquette stance, it's best to have the camera on. And you should always start your meetings on time. Another hack that Marjan talked about was changing a one hour meeting to 45 minutes to allow for time at the end of meeting to join subsequent meetings. Quite often people have back to back meetings and if there's no gap between meetings, uh, then people can end up running late. And this is not good when it comes to the online meeting experience. Of course, it goes without saying you should make comprehensive notes at meetings. And if you can't do that, you should record and transcribe your meetings by asking permission from the people in attendance. And then this can be played back to people who can't attend. And if you are running a hybrid meeting where you've got some of the people in person in the office and others attending online, you mustn't forget the online remote audience, which is quite often a common mistake that happens. The morning buzz session with Marjan was very interactive and most people were doing 15 to 20 meetings a week, uh, leading and chairing those meetings. Marjan's insights were insightful and there's definitely some etiquette and best practice that can be taken home. Uh, my contribution towards the uh, discussion was about asynchronous communication and instead of defaulting to a, a Zoom call invite, thinking about screencasting and other asynchronous methods of communication, such as voice notes, to actually reduce the number of meetings in the first place. I think if you're learning something, it can go async. Now, if you're solving a problem, perhaps that's better done synchronously and live. Another session that I attended was with Mark Britz, who's the director for events at the Learning Guild. And he talked about helping organisations become more social by design. One of the issues that Mark was very passionate about was the need for transparency in business and how this opens up the business to build trust 
It's an invitation to contribute and make things seen. In terms of motivating people to be transparent, Mark suggests that we need to reward people that are transparent in a business and those people that share things. Mark Britz has designed a social systems assessment tool to provide insights into how an organisation's rules, processes and procedures impact employees' ability and desire to connect and collaborate with each other. The assessment consists of nine statements that ask the respondent to rate their level of agreement on a scale of one through four. And the statements cover areas such as decision making rights, talent development, leadership and management, knowledge management, recognitions and rewards, technology, roles and responsibilities and business processes. The aim of the assessment is to drive conversations that lead to a more sustainably connected workforce, which is essential for employee engagement, knowledge sharing and continuous learning. Kate, the chemist, a professor of chemistry from Texas, uh, talked about her learning journey from teaching students at a university to national fame on TV, where she's inspiring future scientists uh, to get into STEM subjects. Dr. Kate Berbadoff is originally from Michigan and now resides in Texas, and she's a scientist, professor and science entertainer. Her website is a treasure trove of resources for science enthusiasts of all ages, featuring experiments, videos and educational content that makes science fun and accessible. And in her keynote, she had five main tips. The first tip is to remember William James. William James, a pioneering psychologist, once said, the greatest discovery of my generation is that a human being can alter his life by altering his attitudes. KateTheChemist.com embodies the philosophy of using the power of positive attitude and enthusiasm to make science accessible and fun. By adopting a positive attitude and looking for the fun in science, we can all become better science communicators and enthusiasts. Kate's second point is to look into your community. One of the things that sets Kate the Chemist apart is the focus on community. Kate is passionate about reaching out to young people and underrepresented groups, bringing science to them in a way that is engaging and accessible. By looking into your community and finding ways to engage with people who may not have access to science education, you can make a difference and inspire the next generation of scientists. Kate's third tip is to consider your image. Kate the Chemist is a great example of how important image can be when it comes to science communication. Kate's bright pink lab coat and bubbly personality helps to break down barriers and make science fun and accessible. When communicating in science, it's important to consider your image and how you're presenting yourself by adopting a fun and approachable persona. You can help to make science more engaging and accessible to a wider audience. Kate, the chemist's fourth point is to become a good mentor. Kate is not just about science experiments and videos. It's also about mentorship. Kate is passionate about helping young people find their passion for science and serves as a mentor and role model for many aspiring scientists. As a science enthusiast, we can all strive to be good mentors and role models for others, whether it's by volunteering at a local school or community centre or simply by sharing our enthusiasm for science with others. And the fifth and final point is about breathing fire. Finally, Kate the Chemist is all about breathing fire. That's it, being passionate and enthusiastic about science. By embracing our inner fire and sharing our love of science with others, we can inspire the next generation of scientists and make a real difference in the world. So let's all take a page out of Kate the Chemist and breathe fire. Who knows what amazing discoveries 
we might make. Another session was given by Dr. Gregory Wright, who has many years of e-learning experience. And he talked about winning against isolation. Clearly, during the pandemic, people were isolated. And Dr. Gregory went on to talk about three types of motivation for e-learning success. Whether you are studying from home or working remotely, it can be difficult to stay motivated and engaged when you are alone. However, there are ways to overcome these challenges and win back against isolation. And we'll explore three types of motivation and how they can help you stay motivated and achieve your goals. Dr. Gregory Wright talks about three types of motivation, starting with motivation 1.0, which is survival. The first type of motivation is survival. This is the most basic form of motivation and is rooted in our biological need to survive. In an isolated environment, this type of motivation can be useful when it comes to completing essential tasks such as eating, sleeping and staying healthy. To tap into this type of motivation, you can focus on the benefits of completing these tasks, such as feeling energised and healthy, which then can help you stay motivated. Motivation 2.0 is all around rewards and punishments. The second type of motivation is rewards and punishment, and also known as the carrot and the stick. This type of motivation is based on the idea that people will work harder if they are rewarded for their efforts or punished for their mistakes. While this type of motivation can be effective in the short term, it is not sustainable in the long term. In an isolated environment, it can be difficult to implement this type of motivation as there are no immediate rewards or punishments. Instead, you can focus on setting goals and rewarding your staff to achieve those goals. For example, you could treat yourself to a movie or a meal when you complete a challenging task. The third type of motivation is autonomy, intrinsic and self-directed motivation. This type of motivation is based on the idea that people are most motivated when they have control over their work and are doing something they find meaningful. In an isolated environment, this type of motivation can be particularly effective as it allows you to take ownership of your learning and work. To tap into this type of motivation, you can focus on finding tasks that you find meaningful and that align with your interests and values. You can also set goals that are aligned with your personal and professional aspirations and create a plan to achieve them. Winning against isolation requires motivation. And there are three types of motivation that can help you stay motivated to achieve your goals. Survival motivation is useful for completing essential tasks. Rewards and punishments can help you achieve short-term goals, while autonomy, intrinsic and self-directed motivation can help you stay motivated and engaged in the long term. By understanding these types of motivation and how to tap into them, you can overcome the challenges of isolation and achieve success in your learning and work. And here are a few more tips. Set up a dedicated workspace in your home. This will help you create clear boundaries between work and life. Take breaks throughout the day and get up and move around. This will help you stay energised and avoid feeling cooped up. Connect with your colleagues regularly. Get involved in online communities and make an effort to stay social outside of work. Overall, Learning Solutions 2023 in Orlando, Florida was really enjoyable. Listening to the speaks from Mike Massimino, the former NASA astronaut, Kate Bibidoff, the professor and chemistry uh, evangelist through Kate, uh, the chemist, and Steve Burns, the Emmy-nominated actor on learning how to engage with your audience through a screen. 
there were some brilliant expo uh, demonstrations, sessions and keynotes. I really enjoyed the conference and uh, I look forward to learning solutions in 2024. And if you're interested in learning more about learning solutions, head over to webanywhere.com where there's articles, white papers and blogs alongside podcasts that you can listen to. Thank you for listening to the Learning Summit podcast. I've been Sean Gilligan. If you've enjoyed it, then do subscribe, share on social media. And until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.